0: Good morning. Welcome to Midtown Community Church. My name is T.C. Chambers. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. Man, it's been such an encouraging season for our church right now. And uh, we meet at North Star Church on Sunday evenings at 4 p.m. And they've been such a blessing to us to allow us to use their facility. And so we want to invite you to come and hang out. If you didn't know, we're back in person. Um, We are. And uh, we're also meeting in life groups around the city during the week, um, various nights, and so we'd love to invite you into community right now. Um, and so just to get to know you a little bit, go check out our website. It's midtownknox.org, and there's a connect button there, and if you click that button, there's a form, and it'll help us get some information just to connect with you, but man, we would love to hang out with you. Maybe this Message today popped up on your Facebook feed or or, or on Instagram or somewhere like that, and uh, you just kind of stumbled upon it. I just want to tell you this I don't believe it's an accident that that you're watching this right now, and I just hope that this is a really encouraging day for you. This message has been so encouraging to me this week, and the Lord's really been speaking in my heart, and I believe He's going to do the same for you. So before we begin, man, I just want to give some praise to the Lord right now in prayer. God, I'm so grateful that you have brought us here today. I'm so thankful for the person that's watching this right now, Lord. God, you've, you've orchestrated all these times and events and these places so that right now, Lord, they are here and they're hearing the truth of your gospel. Lord, remind us of your truth today, of your great love for us. And fill us, God, with the power of your spirit today as, as we are here, Lord, as we open your word, Lord, and send us out. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, over the past few weeks, we have been in Hebrews 12. Before that, we were in the book of Acts, and we got to this point in Saul's life where we, we realized there was a man named Saul. He was being pursued. He was being persecuted, and, uh, and so we started to study that word, what it meant to pursue. We ended up in Hebrews 12, and we started looking at a few things that can really derail us in our, in our walk with the Lord. Those things are doubt, discouragement, distractions, and division. But the thing that we realized when we started looking at these things is what brings us back on track and what shuts down all of these things, what overcomes all these fears, all these issues is the truth. The truth brings us back on track. And and as we begin to think about the truth, um, that led us back into Acts today Because there's a story of Saul after he begins to follow Jesus and a man named Barnabas. And it's such a cool story, but I never really realized the correlation between encouragement and truth until I really started studying this story. So today, man, we're going to see how encouragement and truth go hand in hand. So for me, when I was 19 years old, I began in ministry at a little church here in Tennessee. And I just moved here from North Carolina. Didn't know a whole lot of people. I was getting used to um, to just what ministry was all about, trying to figure out my way around the church. I thought I knew everything and I didn't know anything. But there was a man by the name of Lloyd Powell. And some of you um that, that live in East Tennessee and maybe you went to Camp Bioca, maybe you met this awesome man named Lloyd Powell. Guy looked like uh, Abe Lincoln. Had a white beard, white hair. Um, just awesome guy. Comes in with his hat kind of sideways, um, and uh, and just just the the biggest smile. And he was the best encourager. And this is the thing about Lloyd Powell. Here's what he did for me. He came up to me in a time of my life where I was really trying to figure out who I was as a pastor, who I was as a Christ follower, who I was as a 19-year-old guy that thought he was a man that still acted like a kid, okay? And Lloyd Powell puts his arm around me and says, TC, man, he said, said, listen, he said, you're all over the place, man. You're so ADD with everything, but when you step on that stage and when, when when you start to lead, man, the Holy Spirit just flows through you. He said, man, you're anointed. You're called to ministry. And I just want you to know, Those words that Lloyd Powell shared with me that day forever changed me as a person because there's so many times that I doubted. There's so many times I wanted to quit. There's so many times I wanted to give up. But Lloyd Powell told me, man, you're called. You're filled. This is who you are in Jesus Christ. And it encouraged my soul in such a great way. But here's what encouraged me. He told me the truth about who I was in Christ. And because he told me that truth that day, man, he helped me overcome so much discouragement, so much doubt. He helped me fight the enemy so many times in the future because of that. And he stuck by my side, man. He was a supporter of me and my wife. He loved us. He gave us opportunities to serve until the day that he died. And I just want you all to know how much of a blessing it was that I was encouraged by this man, Lloyd Powell. Speaking of encouragement, as we think about that, I want to invite you to open up your copy of the Word today. We're going to be in Acts chapter 9, verses 26 through th- 31. Acts chapter 9, verse 26. And we're going to be introduced to a guy named Barnabas. Now, we've already kind of been introduced to Saul, but uh, just to remind you who Saul was, okay? When we begin to read this text, it says it's going to say when he had come, he is going to refer to Saul, So Saul was this guy that had pursued Christians for the purpose of shutting down the Christian movement. He was responsible for seeing them put to death, for seeing them shut down. He was someone that the Christians did not want to see coming. The disciples were not a fan of Saul because he was present at the stoning of Stephen. So their friend Stephen has has died. Saul was present, a part of that, And, and so... So we see this guy who was one of the biggest opponents of the Christian movement. And then all of a sudden, he has an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus radically changes Saul's life. And Saul starts to follow after Jesus. And immediately what he does as he becomes a Christ follower, what happens when you have this radical change in your life, you can't help but talk about it. And he begins to preach the gospel And so that's where we find ourselves in this story today. Paul has started to preach the gospel and he comes back around and he begins to talk to those disciples that he had once persecuted. So here's what Scripture says, Acts chapter 9, verse 26. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he, being Saul, attempted to join the disciples. They were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. So notice this series of events that happens here. Okay, You've got Saul, used to persecute Christians, now is trying to join the disciples. Their immediate reaction to Saul was fear. And rightfully so. I mean, he had just taken the life of one of their friends. He he had been their enemy, right? But what they believed about him at that time wasn't the present truth about Saul. So Barnabas comes in, and I love verse 27 here, but Barnabas. I mean, it's a really sad story if you just stop at 26, right? When he came to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple, and period. What happens at that point, though, changes the course of the church at that point. It changes the whole climate of what's going on here. But Barnabas. So Barnabas comes in and he defends Saul. And I love this. And as we continue to work through Scripture here, the next thing that happens, after encouragement happens, after Barnabas does what he is called to do. By the way, the name Barnabas means son of encouragement. Okay? So Barnabas was an encourager. So after he encourages Saul and the disciples, Saul returns and he begins to preach boldly. Okay? That happens when we're encouraged. Like we start to get really encouraged, really strong, really courageous. We're bold. So he preaches boldly. And then what happens is he's threatened. And I love how this story wraps up here. After he's threatened, okay, that's not cool, right? We don't want to see him threatened, but what is super awesome is that these guys that were afraid of him, now they come and surround him, they protect him, and they make sure that he is safe and they send him off where he can continue to preach the gospel. The end result of this was that the church multiplied. But Barnabas, right? But the encourager came in and spoke the truth and it changed the trajectory of everything there. I just want to stop for a moment right now because some of you all um, have a very specific gifting um, to encourage other people. And you may not understand what that means, but you can begin to clearly see the steps that someone needs to take forward in their life. You, you, You can really help encourage belief in people and, uh, and, and if that's you, you, you may have a very specific gifting as an encourager. But oftentimes we can think that encouraging means that we just pat somebody on the back or, or that we just kind of fluff them up a little bit and you know, or maybe we even tell a little white lie just to make somebody feel good. That's not encouragement at all. What encouragement is, is emboldening someone in their belief or in their course of action, helping them take that step forward. That's exactly what Barnabas did here. So when we go and we look specifically at what Barnabas did, I think it's pretty profound. I think it's really important to see this. So let's go back up and and let's pay attention to verse 27 again. If you're tracking along here, Barnabas knows the truth, okay? He knows really who Saul is now. Because he knows the truth, he uses that to defend Saul and also encourage the disciples to receive Saul back into ministry with them. So here's what he does. The first thing he tells is the truth about what Jesus did for Saul. He says, hey guys, hang on a second. Saul, like this guy, I know I know he persecuted you. I know he was against you, but he's not anymore because Jesus got a hold of him. Jesus met him on the road In Damascus there, Jesus met him and changed him. He's a new person now. And because he's a new person, now in his new identity in Christ, you know what he did? He didn't just, just, just hear about Jesus, right? He didn't just have an experience with Jesus that lasted one day, but he's now preaching the gospel. He's preaching boldly in the name of Jesus now. So he tells them two truths. The truth about what Jesus did for Saul And the truth about who Saul is because of what Jesus did. Let me tell you something that's very important. When we encourage someone, the best encouragement that we can give anybody is the truth. And not just a little piece of the truth, but the whole truth about who they are in Christ. And that's exactly what Barnabas did. When you think about that, it's so impactful how one man Change the course there. And here's the thing about Barnabas. When you look up Barnabas through Scripture, prior to this point, we don't know a whole lot about him, but what we do know is that he gave a nice donation to the church. He sold some land, gave the church some money, blessed them in that way. Later on, we see him partnered up with Saul. And we see him, him teach a little bit, but here's the thing about Barnabas. Man, Paul was the one who formerly Saul, Saul actually gets his name changed to Paul later on, but he was the one that oftentimes got a lot of credit. He's the one that that was kind of out front a lot of times. He was the bold preacher, but let me just tell you something about Barnabas, man. Barnabas kept his arms raised up, kept him going, kept him encouraged, kept him in the fellowship of the church there, and I'm just telling you, man, it's so important that encourages encouragers rise up in the church today. I mean, it's it's really sad to hear about churches that are closing their doors, about churches that are not growing anymore, about pastors that are that, that are isolated and alone and quitting in ministry. And, and I'm just telling you, man, it's time for the encouragers to rise up. And there are people watching this right now that have a very specific gifting. But then there's everybody else. I want you to understand. Everyone in the church has a responsibility to the truth and to encourage one another with truth. But I just want you to know it's the season for the encouragers to rise up. Man, our church needs the encouragers to come and to remind us of the truth. And I start to think about what would happen if Barnabas wasn't in the picture, you know? Like that's the that's the thing that really starts to scare me because think about it with the disciples there. The disciples are 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 afraid. They're fearful. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if he's coming to take their life or not, and they shut him out. But just play this out for, for a minute with me. You know what happens when you have a strong leader come and try to join a group and a group of people rejects him. You know what he's going to go do? He's going to start his own thing. He's going to go start his own church. Think about what would have happen if, if Barnabas hadn't brought Saul back to the disciples. He would have went, started his own thing, Then they would have put out the exact same product, just a little bit different branding, right? And then they would have been competitive towards each other. I don't think the church would have multiplied that way. I don't think it would have grown and been nearly as strong. I don't think they would have had that blessing of peace if there was that division there. But Barnabas, but the encourager stepped in and brought us back to truth. I love how special it is when when, when you just exercise in the gifting that God has for you, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace. It was being built up, walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The church multiplied. It multiplied. But notice what happened when the encourager stepped in. Right. I love the way Luke, the writer of Acts, I love the way he he puts this thing together here, because. He points out that the disciples were afraid, okay? That word there is tied to the word phobia, okay? So they were afraid. There was a fear, a legit, like, I'm afraid of you kind of thing. And then, here in verse 31, how are they described now? They're walking in the fear of the Lord. To walk in the fear of the Lord is to walk in awe and reverence of God. It was a term that was used throughout the Old Testament to refer to someone who was just an obedient person. You know, and maybe you heard it. Maybe you went to an older church before and you're like, oh, he's a God fearing man. You know, maybe you've heard that before. I know I've heard that before. But, but here's what it means it just means, man, he loves the Lord. He loves the Lord. That's what a God fearing man is. A God fearing man, she just loves Jesus. But what they're really saying is, man, you know what? He honors the commands of the Lord. In Deuteronomy 6, when we see the fear of the Lord, what we see that leads to the fear of the Lord is us following this one command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what leads to a life where you walk in the fear of the Lord. And so what we see happen when the encourager steps in, is fear turns into worship. What was about to be division, what was about to be uh, just, just a fallout, what was about to be a discouraged saw going on his way alone became a family. It became multiplication. It became worship. And so as we think about that though and as we think about what it really means to walk in the fear of the Lord, Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's very similar to what God said to Israel when He says, if you want to walk in the fear of the Lord, you're going to adhere to this one command, love the Lord your God, and everything else is going to flow from that. So what Jesus says here, John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Now, Here's the thing I hope you see in this text. What Jesus is saying is that if you love Me, and you follow My commands, if you're walking in the fear of the Lord, Right? If, if you're at that place in your life, there's going to be like a wedding ceremony that happens. There's going to be a promise that's given. There's going to be something in return that comes from Jesus, and it's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, His name is helper. Okay. That, that word there is the same word that also is tied to encouragement. So the Holy Spirit is an encourager. But here's the nature of Him. And this is what I love. And this is something I saw for the first time this week when I was studying this that I never really put together in this idea of encouragement. But here's what Jesus is saying. I'm going to give you an encourager. And the nature of the encourager is that He is the Spirit of truth. You see the direct correlation there between encouragement and truth? The Spirit that indwells us because of our love for Jesus is a Spirit of encouragement. One of truth. I just want you to know what's available to you today as a Christ follower because I feel like the Holy Spirit has been kind of forgotten in many of our church circles today and He must not be forgotten. No wonder there's so many people that's discouraged. They don't realize the blessing they have in the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit speaks truth to your soul, washes your soul with truth and encourages you church person, Christ follower, listen to me today. If you have Jesus and you love Jesus, then you have access to unlimited encouragement that comes in the form of truth. And it tells you every single day, do you know who you are in Jesus? Do you know that you're a son or a daughter? Listen, the truth is such a beautiful thing and it comes from the mouth of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you, and so what Jesus is saying is that if you love me, I'm going to give you this sweet blessing of truth that's going to indwell you and encourage you, and it's never going to leave you, and he says this, the world cannot receive it because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. You see, in the midst of chaos right now, in the midst of lies from the media, in the midst of people saying all these different things, and you don't really know what to believe in, and one, one person's truth is pitted against another person's truth, you have the absolute truth of the Father and dwelling inside of you through the Holy Spirit. He will help you discern those things. Later on in this passage, he says, listen, the Spirit's going to bring to mind everything that Jesus had commanded His disciples. He's going to help you know everything you need to know. And that's the best confidence that we can have. That's where the courage comes from. You see, the Holy Spirit brings us back into courage by telling us the truth. And not only does He tell us the truth, but He doesn't leave us hanging out there. So when you go and you begin to engage with someone about the gospel and share truth with them, the Holy Spirit will engage with you and He will bring to mind those things to say as He draws that other person. He doesn't leave you to do anything alone. Listen, Jesus will never call you to do anything that He's not already doing with you and for you. He is a good, good Father. So as we process this and we bring this full circle today, I want to invite you to turn back to Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Just the last part there says this, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. So just like I mentioned earlier, if you remove Barnabas from this story, the story completely falls apart. When you remove the encourager, doubt creeps in. All kinds of fear creeps in right? Discouragement creeps in. But with the encourager, the story's complete. If you remove the Holy Spirit and His encouragement from the church, if you remove that part here, the story is completely incomplete, right? It falls apart. There's no grounding of truth. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no hope. There's no multiplication here. But when you bring the Holy Spirit back in, when the Holy Spirit is with you, and He is with you, and when we see the Holy Spirit here with the Holy Spirit present, there is growth. I just want you to know that as we begin to to continue to to move forward as a church, as we continue to to look towards things ahead in in 2021 and, and years to come, listen, we will grow When we simply walk in step with the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, when we walk in the like in the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, we will grow. We will increase. It will multiply. You see, the encourager is the multiplier. Take a group of people and remove without an encourager in the room. Take a group of people that are very smart, that, that, are, that are very um, excited, Very, go- they're going to get discouraged at some time. They're going to get in their head at some time. Their momentum's going to stop at some point, but when you add the encourager back into it, there's life that comes back into it because it's a reminder of truth, and then the ball gets rolling again. I'm telling you, the church needs the encouragers to rise up today. So as we close today, here's what I know. Where the Holy Spirit is, it's a place of freedom because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth and the truth will set you free. And where there is truth, told, there is great encouragement. And where there is encouragement, there is great multiplication here. And I want you to know that you have direct access to the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ today. And the greatest encouragement that you can receive today is the truth that Jesus says about who you are. The greatest encouragement you can give away today is the truth about who Jesus is and what He can do for them. And so, as we close, I'm going to invite you to this. Listen, the greatest encouragement that I can give you right now is this. Jesus Christ, in the midst of your sin. In the midst of you doing the thing that put Him on the cross, He died for you. And He loves you. And He pursues after you. And what Scripture says is if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead, you will be saved. That is the good news. And if you claim that good news as your own, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, what Scripture says is that you are now a son or a daughter of the Most High King. He is your Father. And that is the greatest encouragement that I can give you if you choose to receive it. Now here's the other challenge for you today, church. The greatest encouragement that you can give away right now is that same truth. And there are so many people that need to hear that truth. There are so many people right now that stepped into a church that heard the truth, but they didn't receive the truth in love. They didn't experience community. And they walked away and they left. And they need an encourager to step in and say, let me remind you of who you are in Jesus and what that means for you and who you are. I just want you to know that was me at one point in my life. That was me at one point. I was one of those people that sat there and heard so much. But I didn't receive the truth. I wasn't encouraged in the truth. And the day that I was encouraged in the truth took me from a point of anger and depression and discouragement and brought me back into life in the church. And I'm here today because God used encouragers along the way. So here's my challenge to you today. First of all, receive the sweet encouragement of the Holy Spirit, the truth that He wants to tell you today. Ask Him. He will speak truth over your soul. But remember this too. Every blessing that you receive is meant to be given away and a blessing to someone else. So share with someone else today the great encouragement of the truth. I hope this encourages your soul today. Be blessed.